Hey guys, brand new podcast. My voice is almost 100%. Um, Auckland, New Zealand. I'll be there June 15th. Sydney, the 20th. We've added a show. The 22nd in Melbourne. The 26th in Brisbane. We've added a show. And Perth. I was there the 29th. We've added two shows. So I will stay the 30th and add a show. And then the Met in Philly uh, on the 27th of July. Those are my dates before we get really heavy in the Body Shots World Tour. The Body Shots World Tour starts up in September and goes really hard. I, I did a podcast with Rogan and Ari and Tom today for the Sober October crew. It's on YouTube if you want to see it. Or you go to Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. We get all your podcast apps. I'm on the middle of a radio tour. I'm promoting the Body Shots World Tour. It's starting at 5 every day and lasting until about 10 every day. So if you are if you know that I do the local radio station, and there's only like, I think a handful I do anymore. But if you know that I do it, then I'll be calling in. <clears throat> my voice is fucked. I think I fucked my vocal cords up throwing up. So uh, that's fucking killing me. You're almost it, done, though. Uh, it's just the end of the day. It gets rough. At the end of the day, it gets really rough. And uh, we had a great show in Vegas. Halston was out for Vegas. That was so much fun. Did you have fun? Yeah, I got to meet up with some friends from back home in Oregon, and they were huge fans of yours. So I got to take them backstage and take a picture. And, you know, they live in Utah in a town of 600 people. Oh, my God. Is yeah. that the, the people with the baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, why are you laughing? What is that about? 600 people. That's tiny. Yeah, 601 with that baby. That's right. Um, they brought the baby backstage. The baby went to the show. It was beautiful. Baby didn't go beautiful to the show. baby. Yeah. It's so cute. That's yeah. cool. <clears throat> My voice doesn't sound this bad when I'm on stage, but at the end of a day of doing press from 5 a.m. till 6.30, it's a little tapped. So I apologize, everyone. It's a great podcast today with Jeremiah Watkins. Uh, we do a bit in it that you might see on my instagram mm -hmm. where we just uh fuck around and try to get buzzworthy clips i think that's what goes viral these days on the internet is just shit that makes Ugh. we talk a little bit about my obsession with the british podcasters or uh, uh instagram stars who pour grease on their heads and milkshakes on their heads and do stuff like go freeze frame kleiny Woody and Kleine are my favorite. I watch them. I actually like them a lot. But I use them as an example because I think they kind of set the, the standard and then everyone kind of like copies them. That sounds ridiculous. People really just pour shit on their head? Just because their friend tells them to. Yeah. They go, freeze frame. Okay. Pour stuff on your head. That's weird. Uh, it's just to get views. It's also Working. a guy thing, right? Like we did that stuff. Growing up. Well, we had little weird games when we were guys of like, if if you held your hand in the, uh, in like now it's what the white supremacist signal. The okay sign. The okay sign, which is so silly. That was a game we played. You'd hold it below your waist. If someone looked at it, you got to punch them. And we subscribed to that. It's a little bizarre the way, what they're doing. We talk about it on the podcast. <clears throat> Not enough in my opinion. Uh, and uh, And we talk about Jeremiah. I wanted to find the innocence in Jeremiah. Did you? He's still very innocent. He's still very, very innocent. Cool. He's not jaded yet. That's Can't cool. wait till that happens. It'll happen. The sour old Jeremiah Watkins. 
yeah, like there's, you know, he's such a great fucking guy. And so am I, I think. And so was I, but I, I get soured. I, I think this business does it to you. Hopefully it doesn't happen to him. You know, hopefully he's always a playful soul. So what I love about him is that he's a giggler. Am I right, Halston? Yeah. And he's been doing it for a while, too, and he's still got the same. It's He seems to be the same person. He's been in this game for, a, a, a like, a legit. He's done everything. Yeah. But anyway, that's the podcast we got today. The tour dates I got coming up. If you want to listen to the Sober October Challenge that we talk about, uh, I would, I would, I would implore you to vote for the Hip Hop Dance Challenge. Uh, Joe has shot that down in lieu of the uh, Marathon Man Challenge, which, by the way, I'm game for as well. And I, I'd rather, I mean, Ari wants us to not put any of it on social media, which I think's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of. And none of them heard me out properly on this. But I said, no one wants to see anyone not do something for a month. So to not use social media for a month, you just lose interest. And you just go, well, yeah, I forgot they weren't not doing that for the month. It's like the hold your breath challenge or the grow your toenails challenge. Yeah, that's weird. It's, It's stupid. I get what he's doing. I get his premise that it's better for your mental health to not use social media. If they want to do a non-social media challenge, I think that's fine. But I think we need to come up with a way to share our progress Yeah. for the month online. That's just common sense. It's not like me going like, oh, I'm addicted to social media. I'm just saying like, so no podcasts, no, I mean, no nothing. Well, it's Joe, kind of a community event. And so Joe's not going to post about his podcasts. It's a done, I mean, I. By the way, none of this in a group of four people that are very drunk, very high, and all passionate came out. But like, just it's super silly to say like we're just not going to use social media. We're all on tour. We're all making our money. We've all got tour dates to promote. Uh, we're all in a social media challenge that is shared on a podcast. It just didn't make sense to me. But if that's what we do, we just got to figure out our workaround. Because I know for a fact Ari will still use social media. He just he just wants us all to subscribe to what he does, which is he hires a woman to do it for him and he doesn't look on his phone, which is a fucking lie. I know Ari very well. He is on his fucking iPad nonstop. And he's on his T7 plus phone nonstop. It's just, he just made it more difficult for himself. Anyway, I'm cool with that at whatever challenge we pick. I just implore you guys as fans, hit us up all of us and tell us what you think is the best idea or if you have a better idea please let us know we're enough time out where we can do it and we can figure out the right one to do and uh, and i want it to be fun i want it to be fun for everyone i want people to take part also i want people to be like i'm in on the challenge also that's part of the fun of these challenges these sober october challenges today's podcast is brought to you by omaha steaks omaha steaks has a limited time father's day steak fix gift offer heritage and dedication to quality offer code is BurtCast for 74% off Omaha Steaks Father Day Steak Fix Gift Offer. I love Omaha Steaks. We just had George's birthday party the other day and we cooked all their burgers and all their dogs and it was phenomenal. I will say this to the day I go to a grave. Almost Omaha Steaks hot dogs are the best goddamn hot dogs you'll ever have in your entire fucking life. I agree. They are 
I bought these high-end hot dogs from a butcher. One day I was at a butcher. There were these like red links or something. They looked good. I bought a dozen. I froze them the second I got them. I thought, just like Omaha Steaks, uh, and whenever I pull up, because we only got four from Omaha Steaks in the order we got. Yep. Just like that, I put them in. Bro, people went after these fucking hot dogs. They were so amazing. And yesterday we had one left over, and I had grilled it. I then reheated it in the microwave with a piece of wet paper towel, <laughs> and it was still one of the best fucking hot dogs I've ever had in my entire the life. The burgers were great also. It was really good. They started as a small-scale butcher shop in downtown Omaha, and they still have that feel. You still feel like you walked into a small butcher shop. If you're looking for an easy, affordable way to stock up on summer grilling, as well as a great gift, think Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks are America's original butcher, making special occasions easier since 1917. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited-time Father's Day gift offer to my listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the promo code BERTCAST in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. A $235 value now for only $59.99. Order now and you get two tender filet mignons, two bold top sirloins, Two savory pork chops. Four Omaha steak burgers, which, by the way, you can grill up, put in your fridge, reheat the next day, and are fucking amazing. The gourmet jumbo franks. You get four of those. Those are the best things I've ever had in my mouth. Four chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, premium chicken breasts, four of them, four caramel apple tartlets, a packet of Omaha steak signature seasoning, and you'll get four extra Omaha steak burgers for free. I'm telling you right now, this is an amazing package as a gift for a dad or stock up for your incredible summer grilling at 74% off. Omaha Steaks has the best steaks and meats anywhere. Over 100 years, family owned and operated, still running by the fifth generation. All meat is USAD, USDA inspected for quality and exceed standards. Again, order now and you get this exclusive Omaha Steaks Father Day Steak Fix Package valued at $235 for just $59.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and type in BirdCast in the search bar. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com and type BirdCast in the search bar to get this Father's Day Steak Fix Package today. This podcast is also brought to you by Harry's, did you know that the average guy will spend 3,000 hours of his lifetime shaving? Don't waste four months of your life overpaying for poor performing razors. Get a Harry's, a razor that's so sharp you can shave less often and it'll shave you money. Priscilla just rolled right up to my fucking face as if she was like, wait, I want to hear about Harry's. Uh, I absolutely love Harry's. I shave my sidelines. And I like to shave them tight, tight and and close. I have a little bit of uh, junk hair by my earlobe on both sides. And I don't like that little bump. So I shave them off with the Harry's razor. And I'm telling you, it gets so tight. I love my, look at any picture of me online. And the sides of my face, the sides of my beard are gorgeous. I had to stop shaving my cheeks 
because the uh, Harry's Razors got too close. Harry's founders were two regular guys, tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced gimmicks. The vibrating head, the flex ball, the handles, the props, the things that looked like they're from a sci-fi movie. They're all just some tactics that leading brands use to overcharge us for years. They wanted to make quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Keep them at the low price. They cut out the middleman. Man, I can't tell you how fucking brilliant that is. That is the podcast format. Cut out the fucking middleman. You cut out the middleman and you get the product for free or $2 per blade. That's exactly what we do. Right now, if you want 100% quality guaranteed, you don't have to love your shave. Just let them know and they'll give you a full refund. They can provide you with great quality shaves at a factory direct prices get a trial set that comes with everything you need for a close comfortable shave weighted ergonomic handles for an easy grip five blade razors with lubricating strips and a trimming blade for a close shave rich lather shave gel that leaves you smelling great and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go right now my listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harry's dot com slash birdcast make sure you go to harrys.com slash birdcast to redeem your offer and let them know i sent you to help support the show god bless harry's this podcast is also brought to you by shipstation leanne yeah shipstation is actually something we use all the time uh, we use ShipStation to ship all our merchandise from birdbirdbird.com. Well, I remember the first conference call we have with ShipStation. We told them that we had just shipped all the stuff from the tour bus home, and we didn't use them. And they were like, oh, my God, we could have saved you so much money. The thing I love about ShipStation mm-hmm. is that you are getting the same shipping that the Fortune 500 companies are getting. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Hopefully I'm right about that. Hopefully you'll read that in a matter of seconds. I hope so. I think so. Um when you're selling online, getting your orders can be a real, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. So I agree. There are so many great features to this website. You you can maintain your inventory on this website. It's just amazing. I'm, I love this site. Um, ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly. Saves you money on shipping, keeps your customers happy. No matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including uh, the post office, USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. Say the Fortune 500 thing. Is that in there? I don't see a Fortune 500 thing. Fucking shit. But we can say, oh, here's the Fortune 500 thing. I, I knew it. it. I knew it. I knew that's the only reason I love ShipStation is that when you run a business, you don't want to be thrown under the bus like some ham and egger. Mm-hmm. You want to feel like you have the opportunities of the Fortune 500 companies. Yeah. And when you work with ShipStation, tell them what they say. It says they even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. I love that. I love that. That is the one thing that hang I hang my hat on. It's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. 
Right now, BurtCast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BERT, promo code BERT, B-E-R-T. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BERT. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BERT. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Thank you, ShipStation. Thank you to all my uh, uh, um, sponsors. Um, I apologize, ShipStation. My voice got to a place where it was just melting down. And I didn't want to soft sell you, but I would love that Fortune 500 shit. It's a great company. We really have enjoyed using it. We have, but I love that I don't feel like my business is being compromised. No, and the customer service isn't either. Yeah. It's a win-win. What's my business been like lately? Uh, I would be happier if it were heavier online. Really? Yeah, the merchandise sales is kind of a little lull. I think think it's post-tax season. Well, yeah, and I think it's I think it's a little bit that I'm not on the road. I'm kind yeah. of taking time off. We're yeah. going off on vacation soon, but it's okay. It's still we still get some orders every week. Yeah, we're in Australia, Auckland, June fifteenth. Sydney added a show June twentieth. Melbourne the twenty second, the twenty sixth in Brisbane added a show, the 29th in Perth, and I added a show on the thirtieth of Perth because both shows in Perth sold out. That's awesome. Uh, the 27th of July at the Met. Are you ready for me to go back on the road? No, I've enjoyed having you home. Yeah, that's been rough. You think so? Uh, Maybe think, it's been rough for you. I think it has been a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I think I think I get antsy. I don't feel like I'm doing... The getting sick was really rough for me. Yes, it was. It was really rough because I just couldn't... It was, you were so sick you couldn't push through it, and that doesn't happen much at all. But it, it was, was really bad. And it really stinks to go on pre-sale, be in Europe, come home, do, set up a radio tour. Like I do these radio tours where I call in from 5 till 11, and uh, and, and I had to cancel it the day of because I got sick. I got violent ill, and my voice is still not back. I know. <clears throat> and I was, It's a little bit scaring me, uh, to be honest with you. Because I feel like, what if it never comes back? It will. I think you. It's just. I think you need to just drink some tea and. Baby, I don't have that luxury in my life, where I'm just gonna like, fucking drink take, tea, <laughs> drink tea and relax and not talk. I didn't say relax and not talk. I just said drink tea. That's all. Okay. You could drink tea. I drank tea this morning. I know you drank tea this morning, so you can do that. I'll drink tea. Take a couple Advil. Oh, I need to take Advil in the morning. Yeah. That doesn't interrupt your crazy life. Uh, calling into Preston and Steve tomorrow. I don't know what my schedule looks like. I just know I'm calling into Preston and Steve because Casey and I are thinking about riding bikes for 70 miles. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about doing that stand the extra day after July 27th and doing a 70-mile bike ride to Atlantic City with Casey. Wow. I'm kind of into that. Okay. Um, Once again, hit up Rogan, Tom, and Ari and let them know what you think the October sober October challenge is. Let's get it ready before October so that we're not sitting on our heels trying to figure it out. Uh, but yeah, today's podcast is a good one. Jeremy Watkins is a great dude. He's on the Kill Tony podcast. He's on Roast Battle. He is a fantastic comedian. His new album Reagan and Watkins will be out 
June 7th. Make sure to get it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremiah Watkins. get off the road i sent like my throat is the first thing to go <laughs> like after a weekend on the road no shit yeah but Fuck yeah you. you get it you yell all the time and stuff <clears throat> no i have uh i have like two jokes that uh that i my energy level goes up and and my voice goes with it yeah and uh and it kills my voice right now this is from throwing up <laughs> I was throwing up the other night and uh, I fucking blew out my vocal cords. Ah, dude, it's the fucking worst. When was the last time you threw up? Uh, <clears throat> I was in uh, I was in Manchester with the Kill Tony guys, and oh, we that's all right. got you guys food all got poisoning. food poisoning. I heard about that, dude. And we we still had to do the show in Manchester. It was wait how 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 far away from food poisoning were you? From showtime to food poisoning. Uh, we that morning we all woke up with it, and we had to uh, do it that night. So I literally. All day we were thrown up, and then I even right before we got to the venue, uh, like on the taxi there, I was like meditating so I wouldn't throw up in the taxi. And as soon oh, as he dropped us off. off, I threw up right outside the venue, and then we had to walk in. I did like pop in a mint. We had like twenty minutes to like nap on. You the floor. threw up one time. You throw up a lot though, because now now that you say that, you threw up one time before I did oh, kill Tony. Well, okay, so the, you got the, food poisoning again. Yeah, so the most recent time I threw up was actually on stage at Kill Tony, I, but I chugged a bunch of milk and I made myself throw up on stage because I was playing this character called the Milkman and I made him... <laughs> Dude, what? Like, okay, wait. You have such a Mormon vibe to you. Yeah, oh, especially right now. <laughs> with, the new, with the new haircut? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but you had it with the old haircut. Yeah. You're the only one that ha could have cool long hair, but still look like a dork. Still <laughs> like, wait. Hey, guys, how's it going? Where did you grow up? Kansas, so yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. Only child? <laughs> No, middle no, child. Younger brother? Older brother, younger sister. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so wait, because I, it's like, this is what stinks about the store, is that you feel like you get, you know people. Yeah. A lot, and then you know nothing about them. Well, it's weird because, like, we're all so, like, in such close quarters, but yeah, we, like, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I, I like, I don't really talk to this person outside of comedy that much. I don't talk to anyone outside. Dude, there are so many people's names I don't know at the store of people that I see all the time and say hi to. Yeah. That's the worst. <clears throat> and you and you get to a place where you like you've said hi to them enough where you can't go. It's, hey man, I never really got your name. I know. I know that you knew who I was. So when I walked in the first time, you're like, What's up, Bert? And I was like, Hey. That's why I, even I always say my name when I like talk to someone. Like even Louie, when I see Louie and I know Louie, mm -hmm. like I'll go like, Hey well, Louie, it's Bert. And he's like, Yeah, I know. And you're like, Yeah, I know. I just didn't want you to not, I, like if you wanted to say my name, you, I, now you know it. You totally sure. could, you know, if you want to say back to me and make me feel good. But so wait, what? What made you think you could do comedy? That's the hardest question. Like so many, like I know why I got into it because I was written up in Rolling Stone magazine. But yeah. like, what did right? What made you like? What What made you out of Kansas go? Oh, this is my calling. Well, I w one of Hang the on, hold that thought, hold that thought. Yeah. My fucking daughter's calling, and I'm just concerned. Hello. <laughs> Are you in a podcast right now? I am. Why? Okay, I'll call you back. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Sorry. I'm sorry. It just It's like one of those things that I go, if I don't take the call, she's like, Dad, I'm getting attacked by a bunch of hooligans on a bus stop. Kim, please save my life. <laughs> then so she's wait. like outside the window. You see a bloody handprint. You're like, should I have taken the call? 
<laughs> so what made you think you could get into comedy? Well, I I grew up with sketch shows like SNL and Mad TV, and I was like, I was just enamored with shows like that, like guys like Chris Farley and Jim Carrey and and Steve Martin, th- different guys like that. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think that it was a reality at all until me either. Because I thought, like, you, you see it, and I was like, well, I still need to get a normal job. Like, yeah, yeah, as, it, as a kid, like, I was like, maybe doctor because they make money or something like that. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. I even shadowed a pediatrician at one point. Like, I like in eighth grade, I, like, went and shadowed a pediatrician. I told a joke about pediatricians last night. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think there should be male pediatricians. Yeah. If you want to see boys' genitals, get online like everyone else. <laughs> so, wait. So, wait. So, so, then start me back even further, then. Yeah. Like, so... <clears throat> What what kind of kid were you? You know what? I was a very well-behaved kid. Uh like I was I would be the weird funny one but only to a point in class. Like until like when the teacher would be like, "All right, that's enough, Jeremiah." And I'm like, "Okay, okay." Yeah. But then like later on I went to, like I went to a, a private Christian school growing up. Do I there, I knew there had to be some sort of religion in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, okay, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so not until like eighth grade, I went to, I started going to public school in eighth grade. Yeah. And that's when I started being like, oh, if I push the boundaries a little bit more, then it gets bigger laughs. Like if you kind of like talk back to the teacher and stuff like that. And that's when I started like really flourishing as far as like, oh, this can be, I, I'm like good at this. Like I can make people laugh by like doing, you know, dumb voices or like doing act outs or whatever. Just, you know, act no fool. So wait, when did you have your growth spurt? Uh, I was always a tall kid. I was always one of the tallest kids in my class uh, until I went to public school. Then it's a much larger <laughs> pool of yeah. kids. And then I, I started like, you know, there's there's a kid that was like six, nine in, in, in my high school that was just like, it just didn't make sense at all. His body, like, it was like an avatar body. He, he like had no control of it. He was six, nine, couldn't dunk. Really? White guy. Yeah. Couldn't dunk? Yeah. He's like, <clears throat> he, he like barely could like, like he couldn't like full on dunk. He'll like barely like go. <laughs> Do you know what's room. crazy about being that tall? Um, I, we had a guy growing, growing up. I won't say his name because he had social anxiety disorder, but he had social anxiety disorder because he was like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, and so everyone always looked at him. Of course. So his whole life, he was being stared at, and and people would talk, felt free to talk to him, and he was a very shy person. I would have loved that. I would have loved that. That's Did like that being thought? a hot chick. Wait, how tall are you, Halston? Yeah. <laughs> but being a hot chick, people always look at you if you're a hot chick. Yeah, but... Oh, wait, how tall are you? I'm six three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get stared at all the time. I forget why they're staring at me or something. Yeah, it's because you're just a freak. Yeah, I forget that though. I have no sense of that. I'm and then a, a lot of old people yeah. will talk to me all the time and be like, "Do you play basketball?" Like it's it's the same question every time. So it's different than being a hot chick because at least hot chicks have like different pickup. But models. it is a good feeling though. I'll tell you, I've I've had this happen a couple times to me where an older lady will be at the grocery store and they're like, "Young man, can you grab that on the top shelf?" I'm like, "Absolutely, I'll save the day. <laughs> sure, not a problem. I love that. That's cool, right? Yeah. So so um." So when you went to public school, like I never went to public school, as I as I as I I'm a, I'm assuming semi sheltered white kid, yeah, goes to public school. What kind of public school? Like blacks and Mexicans? Uh Asians? it's still Kansas, so it's still not 
crazy diverse. Okay. You like where like the part that I like it was it was Kansas City, but it was still like but Kansas had, City, like the dirt bag because one's a dirt bag one and one's a good one. Missouri's the good one, right? That's what yeah, that's what people say. And yeah, then the Kansas yeah. City, Kansas is the dirt bag one. Yeah, I that's what some people say, yeah. That's where you grew up? <laughs> that's where I grew In up. In the yeah. dirt bag one? Uh, yeah, I guess if you want to Dude, yeah, you cannot Dude, I went because like people get mad at me. Like whenever I, I'll say, uh, "Oh, I'm from Kansas City," they're like, "Oh, what part?" And then I'll say, "Like oh, on the Kansas side." They're like, "It's not Kansas City. What are you talking about?" I'm like, "It literally is Kansas City." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we, so we, what was like, what was the diversity like? Like, uh, so we had, uh, I want to say, probably fifteen uh, to twenty black students uh, at the middle school, like in my class, and then. A decent amount, probably the same amount of Asians, and then it's just a lot of white kids. Really? Yeah. But white kids that act black? Is uh, that a thing? How old are you? I'm 30. So, I mean, eh, I there's some kids. I don't know. The, the, the kids that I went to high school and stuff with were more trying to act country, even though we lived in the city part of Kansas City. Yeah. Like, they, like, did dip in, like, eighth grade and, like, in freshman year and stuff like that, and they drove their dads, like, king cab brand new pickup trucks and stuff oh, wow yeah so wait, where were you on 9-11 uh i would have been at uh on the way to uh that christian private school really yeah because uh the when it happened i used to go to school i think it was i used to go to that start time was like 8 30 a.m and i remember it happening on the news and uh like because we would watch like uh morning cartoons or whatever before we'd go uh, into school and I remember watching on TV and then I, my mom drove us to school and we listened to it on the radio and then uh, the teachers wheeled in like they wheeled in those old TVs and they're yeah. like uh, we we think this is going to be important for our history we uh, we should probably stop class and we watch it and then I think uh, we let out of school at like one o'clock that day oh, wow yeah because Kansas was also really like there's a lot of people that were like really nervous if they were going to be the next city of victim and kansas is right in the middle of the map so they're like we're the heart of america we're gonna get bombed next like oh, they were like terrified fuck. yeah so they thought like everybody thought that we were gonna get hit next but that was probably a lot of different cities like we're thinking that yeah. i went outside and looked up yeah like i was like where's the bomb coming from like yeah. i was in la going it's coming it's coming yeah and nothing happened and i was like wait <sighs> dude i was a fucked up how old were you you were must have been uh i would have been 13 yeah, I was twenty. Right. Yeah, so around there. Seven. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. That was fucking crazy. I thought my dad was dead. Because oh. yeah, because my phone was ringing off the hook. Yeah, from my dad's office, and I was like, and I called, and his. What part of town did he work in? No. <laughs> he he lived in Tampa. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm not telling this story right. <laughs> I was in bed asleep. I didn't the way know you set it yeah, up, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was um, like, I was like which tower was he in? This I'm telling this insane. horribly, horribly. <laughs> He's in Tampa. No, 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 no. I was in bed asleep. Yeah. And my phone's ringing off the hook from my dad's office. So I'm like, fuck, what's going on? And then I'm like, I, I sit up and I go, oh shit. In my head, I'm like, my dad must have died. Like, that's why they're calling sure. from his office. And so. I call up and my dad's secretary answers and she was crying. She was like, did you hear? And I went, no. And I'm like, oh, please don't be the one to tell me my dad's dead. Like, let it be his partner, Larry. Like, like, like someone that, you know, someone, yeah, well, I mean, just someone 
more of like a father figure, like like a like I've known my 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 dad's partner Larry. I've known my whole life, so I was like, let it be Larry to tell me, or or my uncle Jerry, or someone like that. I don't want my dad's secretary to tell me. Nothing against her, but it's just like that's yeah. not who I want to yeah, tell. Yeah, you me. have no relationship with her. Yeah. <coughs> so then, <clears throat> um, she puts me on hold, <clears throat> and I'm like, motherfucker. So she she says, did you hear? And I go, no. And she goes, hold on. And then puts me on hold. And then I'm like, fuck. And then my sister picks up. And my sister's crying. And um, and I'm like, and she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are, do you know what's going on? And I'm like, motherfucker, this is what's wrong with women. Like, give me the fucking information. Now I'm panicking. And I'm like, no, what? And she goes, hold on one second. And puts me on hold. And then my dad answers the phone. He goes, hey, buddy. I go, what the fuck? I thought you were dead. And he goes, oh, no, we're at war. Uh, turn on your TV. I'll call you later. And hung up. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I turned it on and the first tower fell. And I was like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. My dad's like, calls back. Oh, terrorist attacks. You watch TV. And then, uh, but yeah, I thought, he, I thought he was dead at the very beginning. I just thought, oh, he's dead. Were they just building it up because they didn't know how to tell you just like to turn on the TV? They didn't know. Women are always bad at delivering bad news mm. because they're so in touch with their emotions. Gotcha. So like I remember one time Leanne called. She was I was in um I was in Houston at a really nice hotel and she calls and she's sobbing, crying uncontrollably. I go, What's going on? She's like, I've heard this, I've heard I'm like, Oh my god, are one of my kids dead? Like yeah. did your dad die? Did my dad die? Who's dead? She's like, uh Mufasa is our cat is gonna is sick and they want to put him down and i was like kill it i give two fucks i was like i thought someone was fucking dead and i hung up on her it's like what though i was so fucking pissed yeah so so it was public school like <laughs> dude i am the worst like if the thing i do like about my podcast is that it really has no rhyme or reason yeah like, if you're listening it should go all over the place but now i'm listening to like a lot of good podcasts like uh how i built this do you ever listen to that no Oh, dude, it's the greatest podcast around. It is so fucking great. Is there like a solid through line throughout? A hundred percent. We'll get and, that. We'll, and we'll find our through line. And my through line is your is your is your innocence. Like I'm trying to okay. trying to tag onto your innocence. All right. So what was public school like? Like because because you are really innocent and you are really playful on stage and you really don't give a fuck in the sense that. Comedy for you is about the the lightness, the 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 airiness of it, and there are so many guys that that is not their angle. Your one of your good friends, Tony Hinchcliffe, is not a light kind of comic. He's a dark, fucking edgy, fucking almost like a serious comic. Yeah, I think, and, that's, and so and so I yeah I wonder like I think that's probably why he and I are such good friends is yeah. because we we our approach is from very different angles and because a lot of people are like how are you guys like how do you guys tour together how are you friends like it's actually a really good show when you watch it because it's so different like the styles of comedy that you're getting like within you know the ninety minute show or whatever that you're getting and it just in in life we have different approaches which it just makes it fun for a friend. You're both very young and married. Yeah. You're both. Um, that helps too, since we're both married guys on the road too. We're not like trying to be sleazeballs or anything. Yeah. That's the most dude, especially when you hang out with those like pussy hounds, <sighs> they can be fucking exhausting. Yeah. And it's All like, right. it's like, they're let's just, go to the next spot. Let's they're disconnected. Yeah. The entire, their entire evening is surrounded around that. Yeah. And the one second you go, 
Like you're talking and he's like, ah, you know what? I got this girl over there. I'm like, first of all, I haven't seen you in fucking six months. We're in fucking Utah. Slow the fuck down. Dude, hang out with me. We're getting to, we, we're catching up. Yeah, we'll get to that. Pussy, pussy's over there. Dude, I think it ruined a lot of careers in stand-up comedy that, that were at the store, in my opinion, is pussy. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. There's a lot of guys that in their formative years at the store chase pussy instead of do stand-up. Yeah. It, and their stand-up was about getting pussy. So like their stand-up would be like, go up, murder. If it's mediocre, that's good. As long as chicks are laughing and I can fuck them later. Then you look at a guy like Ari who like, I mean, I don't think, I think pussy was always on his mind, but stand-up was more important. Yeah. And you go, oh, that's why you're, you've gone where you are is because stand-up was always the thing for you. Yeah, he's chasing stage time. So, yeah. And guys like myself, I got married young, not young, as young as you maybe, but. How old were you when you were married? 32. Okay. How old are you? 30. So I've been married a couple of years. So I got yeah, married when not I was a like couple of years. 28. Huh? You got married at 28? Yeah. 20. That can't be right. 29. That can't be. Yeah. 29. Yeah. You've been married a year. Yeah. If that. A year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I followed I followed your wedding on Instagram. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like. I didn't give a fuck for chasing pussy. It was always about the stand up for me. Yeah. And the stand up wasn't based on getting pussy. It was based on me getting out of it what I wanted to get out of it. Dude, it's so destructive when you just when your act is about pleasing other people. Yeah, I mean if, like that's the thing is regardless of where like the ups and downs of like, you know, where our careers go or whatever, I always feel like if if I'm happy like with with what I'm creating like on stage and like the content I'm putting out and what I'm writing, like that's good. Like I'm never like, Oh, I think like this kind of audience is going to like this joke. Like, so I'll, I'll do that. It's like at the end of the day, it's, it's like, am I happy with like what I think is funny, what I'm putting out? Dude, another, there was another career killer was people would look at the way Dane's career worked and who his fan base were <clears throat> and want to curtail to those people. Sure. And they would write, for an audience dude that is the it's dangerous it's it's the death of creativity yeah that's corporate man that you're writing ad copy you're not writing stand-up like stand-up should be like it should only be what i find funny like what i find funny then i'll tell you and these are my best ideas that i find funny yeah the ones that made me giggle the hardest <clears throat> it stinks too because sometimes you have an idea that doesn't align with what you're trying to do and then you got to shoehorn it in yeah i mean i have to go back to the drawing board a lot because like i'll I'll do a bit or an act out and i didn't set it most of the time when i have a joke that's not working it's in my setup the act out i always want to know i always see what i want to do like physically and like where like where i want to get but i have to rearrange the setup because Th then that's letting the audience into my process, like how I'm thinking about it and how I see it. And then they're and then they're like, oh, this is why this is funny, because it's usually like if I set it up wrong, then they're like, huh, this is just weird. <laughs> like I, yeah. don't, I don't get it. I'm not following. Dude, I think I think also like dude, the the bit you did last night, and I know that you weren't doing a bit. You were just it was it made it so funny. You were just telling something that that your friend. Oh yeah, the friend. His name was is. Oh, I, <laughs> I grew up with a uh, a friend named Chris Niggas, and, and <laughs> dude, what a fucking problematic name. And I well, that yeah, that's what we were talking was, about. Did you meet stage. him in public school? 
No, I met him at private Christian school. Oh, you cannot go to public school with that name. No. Holy shit. You are, you, there is a, a path in life that is carved out for you. Like, I definitely won't be a commentator for the NBA. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. like, there's a bunch of things he can't do. Yeah. Is this a white kid? And, and, uh, he had an older brother named Brian Niggas. And it's just it was like, how did you spell it? N I G G A S? It, no. It was like N I G U S. <laughs> <laughs> so Bert, we're we're doing stand up on the spot last night, uh, and I'm reminiscing <laughs> about this family that I knew, and uh, and I was like, all right, yeah, uh, his name was uh, Chris Negus, his brother's name is Brian Negus. I don't remember his mom's name, and then you said, was it Dem? <laughs> <laughs> Cooking ass, dude. I could not stop. I mean, that for me, that's a chunk. That's a big chunk of my act. If that had happened to me yeah oh dude that 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 in that's one that that's a that's a keynote bit i'm not even joking i'm but i'm as soon as i heard that i went oh that'll that'll that that's a game changer right there that's a game changing bit because my my brain goes off on all the possibilities of it yeah like all the different like what it must have been like in class when they did attendance yeah uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's just so fucking funny and then the thing about it is you get to tell you get to tell a great story i mean and this is how my brain works why damn it man my brain works is you tell a great story where where you where you bury it in the middle you just forget that that's his name and then his name is the payoff at the end right i mean i i that's what i love about your story you're uh you're um your uh writing room show like uh, your new material on the spot yeah yeah it's it's just such it really does create a space for us to to be very safe and try crazy fucking things oh it's the best it's it's literally like i always tell people uh like i've been trying to get ron white to do it and he's he, and he said that it's not really like that is not really his thing i go i set the table everybody's on the same playing field and like the audience is no, in on it they, said, they yeah but i don't think I don't think his writing um, comes. I don't think it comes from improv. I don't think so either. But you would be surprised. That I've people... seen. I've, I've seen people cheat in your room, and it bothers me. Well, I've seen that too, and that yeah. bothers me. As and well. I'm like, yo, I'm like, man, let's all play by the same yeah, rules. Let's, like, I get it. I get it. You want to kill? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. We all we'll yeah, follow everyone. the theme. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's kind of like I always tell people. I always tell comics. It's kind of like it's like backing like an animal into a corner and then seeing them react like we're our most raw form during that show and we're just like the most pure form of comedy like is coming out of us because just organic we have yeah. nothing we have no script or anything so we're just scrambling to try to find what's good yeah it's uh dude i i mean i literally i there's a few times where i hear a bit there's this guy who had a bit one time and he was a store comic. I think he quit doing comedy. Sometimes it's like it's like you you hear someone's bit and then you go, All right, I know the the Christian thing to do is me to go up and tell them where they're not taking it that I see. Yeah. Where I believe it should go. And then the other part of you is goes, or do I just wait out and see if that guy stays in comedy? And then do I take the bit my direction? I mean the the fucking there was this guy who had a bit and he goes, My girlfriend has a rape fantasy and he's like and 
I'm, I'm not into that. I'm not into that. You know, I mean, like I, I, I forget his, his joke was, what if I'm, what if I'm too good at it? What if I'm good at it? And I find out I'm really good at it. And I was like, that's not the joke, dummy. The joke is, what if I like it? Yeah. And yeah. I can't, that's, and that becomes my fetish. Right. And then I come home at the end of the night and I'm like, hey, uh, you want to fool around? She's like, I'm not in the mood. And he's like, well, no, I thought we'd do the rape thing. She goes, no, nah, I'm really not in the mood. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> she's like, no, seriously. And he's like, yeah, okay, all right, all right. Oh, it's on. And then yeah, I'm choking yeah. her and she's like, stop it. And he's like, well, wow, you're really into it tonight. <laughs> and, and he was like, oh, yeah, maybe that would be it. Oh, I feel like going, ugh, ugh. Like, what the fuck? Just get out of the goddamn business. Get out of the fucking way so we get the stage time. Huh, maybe. I don't know. Fucking. Oh. Dude, there's so much I, I get frustrated with. But so let's go back to you. Sorry. Um, you go to public school and go to college. Uh, I went to a uh, community college. Did your parents uh, have money? No. Like what? Like what do they do? Divorced. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. That was yeah. There, there, a lot of stuff that went on like during the uh, the switch of the uh, the public schools and all that stuff. Uh, that was all like. Wait, what happened? Uh, so they got divorced like uh, while I was actually in high school, my junior year of high school, and uh, they just yeah, they had just kind of grown <laughs> irreconcilable differences. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's an irreconcilable differences. You know, you can't you can't sort it out. So it's time to go. Uh, yeah, they. It was one of those things to the point of no return kind of thing. They just were at each other too much, and they're just like, "Yeah, we. It'd be better if we." Really? Yeah. And nothing, nothing like catastrophic. Just, just, just arguing. <clears throat> not happy. No one's a, a, a like a tight family anymore. Yeah. Um. There's like yeah. There's some family stuff that was going on that that causes them to 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 kind of separate. And they they some of the, like. There, there's like multiple issues. Drugs? What's that? Your brother's using drugs. No, well, it's funny. My like that's how my sister was rebelling when that stuff was going on. She really? started like getting into drugs and drinking and stuff like that. Uh, and for me, I'm like literally. So we grew up. This is what's weird about like that era of my life is like I grew up so like Beaver Cleaver childhood. Like they used to say, like li literally the people at school would say every day is picture day in the Watkins household because we'd all come to school, hair perfectly done, like shirts, like like pressed and everything. So uh, people were like genuinely shocked when my parents got divorced because they were like, if they can't make it, then yeah. how, you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of, that kind of thing, because they thought that everything was, was going smooth. Yeah. Uh, so I really like, uh, I've really seen and lived on both sides of the tracks as far as like, like completely sober. I didn't see my parents drink or do drugs until I was like mid teens. Yeah. I never saw them take a sip of alcohol or anything. And then I saw them like, you know, complete, like I'd seen them drunk and like, like, doing drugs and stuff and stuff like that doing drugs i mean you know n nothing like crazy hard uh but like uh like my my mom like would do like mushrooms with my sister in high school Wait, what what <laughs> shut the fuck up so wait wait hold on wait where did this shift happen like like because uh the guy i know of you yeah yeah that is every day's picture day in the in the Watkins household is yeah. what i've always thought of yeah and even last night, I was like, hey, do you drink? And you were like, no. And I was like, do you smoke pot? And you're like, well, I definitely don't do that. If Like, why would I go, oh, yeah, I definitely smoke pot. <laughs> but 
your mom just was like, just fuck it. There, there was a point at, like where both my parents like. I think that they like kind of got tired of living that way. Like, so, like they they kind of. I think that they got to the point where they raised their kids to a certain level, and they were like. I kind of want to go back to how I used to do things. Did they used to party? Yeah. Really? So so my mom uh, used to smoke and drink and stuff. And she, the day that she found out that she was pregnant with my older brother, she quit everything cold turkey. Like everything. She's like, oh, I'm I'm done. I'm a mom now. (laughs) So so she's got like a ton ton of willpower when she wants to. Like... And then say people like that. Oh yeah. She's just like, Oh, I'm done. She's just like quit, like threw her cigarettes out, like stop drinking. She's like, yeah, I won't do it again. And your dad, did he, was he like, well, I guess I'm clean too. Uh, yeah. My dad was all, he leaned more towards the religious side where like he was, he was in uh, like a men's group, like called promise keepers. Have you, <laughs> have you ever heard of this? Bro, you are a well of fucking interesting shit. I have heard of Promise Keepers. Yeah. So your dad uh, was in the Promise Keepers? We, uh, he was in the Promise Keepers. As a kid, I had an NRA card. Uh, yeah, dude. Really? Because I grew up with guns. It was very normal in Kansas. But yeah. like, I had a little NRA hat. Like, I had the card. Like, I would go out and shoot guns with my dad all the time. Like, it was a very, very, very different So tell me, tell me if I'm painting this picture right. Yeah. Your dad is like is like on the straight and narrow. Meet your mom. Your mom's a little bit of a wild child. I think so. Yeah, they fall in love, uh-huh. and it's and it's your dad seeing a part of life he had never experienced. Your mom sees stability in your dad. They party. They're having fun. They get pregnant. Mom shuts it down. You know what? This it's every day is going to be a picture day. Yeah, have kids. Like she was. She was the room mother. She she like she she, she organized all the parties. Like her license plate said "Party Mom" on it. You would, dude. You would love my mom. I bet I fucking you would. would love as soon my as mom. I heard "party mom," I'm dude. thinking I need to change my license plate. <laughs> yeah, party dad, party dad. So wait, so then you're you go to like the Christian high school, grade school, and then switch over to high school, and then your parents start having problems, and that's when your mom's like, you know what, fuck it, life's too short. Kind of, yeah. It was kind of like why, like basically. I think for a long time, I think my parents were were slowly starting to grow apart. Like yeah. it, like it had been going on for years, but it was a kind of behind closed doors thing. Like we would hear them arguing or whatever occasionally, but it never got like, <laughs> never got like too crazy out of hand. I, I mean, I remember uh, there's some. Uh, the more I look back, there's like dysfunctional stuff. Like there's. <laughs> Oh, my mom might get pissed if I tell the story, but I'll just tell it. Um, there was one time uh, where... <laughs> Dude, we all have these stories. I know, I know, I know. We all have these stories where I you're know. like, oh, God damn it, man. This does not represent my family the way they want to be represented, I but know. this is our truth. So this, yeah. I mean, so there's different, like, kind of like white trash things that would, like, kind of happen throughout yeah. that, like, was slowly, like, bubbling up to the surface. Like, one thing, one time uh, my parents were arguing uh, about stuff, uh, and it all had to do... I, I guess I can't get into too much reason why like my mom would get pissed at my, my dad about certain stuff. But uh my mom ended up throwing tomatoes at my dad. Uh like like he was at a Ren fair. <laughs> like this was in our household. Like uh she, she, 
she was throwing tomatoes at my dad and I was asleep or whatever. And, and I guess the story goes like, he's like, if you throw another tomato at me, I'm calling the cops. And she does. And she's got one more tomato she's in her hand. One more tomato. She throws it. He calls the cops. My mom, they take her to jail for the night. Holy fuck. What are you in for? Making ketchup. <laughs> and, and my, uh, and, my dad, we're like, where's mom? And and he's like, oh, he's staying at a, she's staying at a friend's house tonight. And my mom, when she got back from, from jail, uh, she's just like, how dare you tell our kids I was at a friend's house? You put me in jail. Oh, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Yeah. So there was like stuff like that that was like slowly coming to the surface like o- over the years. And that was like, that was a little bit before the public school stuff. And did this, did this bring you guys as, as like a fam, like your kid, the, you and your brother and your sister together closer? Uh, I think so. I've, I'm really close with my brother and my sister. Really? Yeah. Are they close? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, like we all, like we all now it's, it's, it's funny. Like we've been through, we've had a, like a lot of turmoil like over the years, but like my mom and dad like are on, like, even though they're divorced now and they both have, they're both remarried. Like they, yeah. they have a, a surprisingly good relationship for, for everything that's like gone on over the years. Oh God, I want to be at like a barbecue where they're making burgers and someone's cutting tomatoes and your mom looks at your dad and goes, remember? <laughs> God, that's fucking crazy. So then so then your sister kind of acts out. What did your brother do? Uh, Yeah, my, my brother definitely like was acting out like it's kind of same thing. What's like, your brother do now? Uh, he is actually... Uh, Runs a water park? <laughs> No, he's actually uh he's in the uh Lutheran church. He's like actually like he's like becoming like an ordained like minister. Shut he's on the fuck he's on that up. path. Yeah, man. It's uh yeah, it's real interesting. He's like he's like uh studying theology and stuff right now. He's like in school for it and yeah. Does your brother look like you? Uh no, not I, I it's funny, like uh you look at a family picture and my brother and sister and I like I guess we have some similarities, but also all the time we've gotten like you guys don't look related at all. <laughs> like it looks like we have different parents. Really? Yeah. So 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 then you graduate high school. Do you graduate a virgin? I did. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because dude, for because so because of all this crazy stuff that was going on, like, especially like, like in, in high school and stuff like that, I'm seeing both sides of it. Like I was, I was raised like very strict, very religious. And also my dad, he, like, I, I've, I saw like him drinking and, and, and different stuff and like, like, like having parties and stuff at the house and stuff like that. And, uh, he was the one who like made us go to church three times a week. So I'm like, dude, you're what? Like, but I'm thrown complete whirlwind yeah wait is your dad lutheran no uh, so we we were like we were raised like a protestant christian like kind of like close to baptist but like a, a more strict i know the version. i know the kind you had to go to church on wednesdays yeah yeah, yeah. that kind we had a kid uh, sunday our, morning sunday yep. night and wednesday yeah. there was a kid on our baseball team who couldn't play the wednesday night games todd flat dude that's why i stopped my dad uh had me stop uh uh, playing soccer i was a very good soccer player but my team started traveling and we did a lot of tournaments on sundays and stuff he's like you're done i was like okay oh fuck that <laughs> so wait so um my daughter the other day we were walking down the street and i said something and she goes that's how you know there's no god and i my daughter doesn't believe in god 
And for whatever, and look, and I know that there's a lot of people listening to this that don't believe in God. Obviously, I believe in God. Obviously, obviously, I fucking believe in God. And so I turn around, and as soon as I turn around, she went, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she was like, knew that you don't say that to me. Yeah. But like, and but I, you know, obviously, I have my fucking, anyway, I'm not getting into God right now. So, so then what did you dive into? Like, what did you, like, you know, in, like when there's family turmoil, people escape into shit? Yeah. What, what did you escape into? Uh, I escaped into, uh, not drugs, not alcohol, no. not pussy. No, it was all, uh, for a little while it was sports and exercise. Like there was a point where there's some crazy stuff, enough stuff going on in, in like at the household where I was thinking about like joining the military. Like I, I thought uh, about you it. You are so ripe for being in the military. Like yeah. that is, I can see that right up your fucking alley. Yeah. Uh, so I thought about it and then I was like, no, this, that's like, because I was like, we didn't come from money. So I was like, I could make money, you know, like all the Midwest, like logical thinking, like yeah. I can make money doing this. I can set aside money. Then I can chase the dream. And I was like, no, that, that like, I'm a very logical person. I'm like, that's going to take me away from what I really want to be doing. And so I really, with the stuff that I did in high school that I put all my, my energy into really where I started seeing a lot of results was I started winning awards for like short films and broadcasting really? and sketches and, and music videos and stuff like that. Like I was winning them at like the state level, the regional level. Wait, and wait, the how national do you even level. get into that? I don't even know that it was a thing. Yeah. So uh, my high school uh, that I went to is one of the best broadcasting schools like in the country. Uh, really? So there, there's different, um, there's different regions and different uh, festivals that you can apply for uh, to send in your videos, like at the high school level. And if you, I had like, I had a pretty good eye and I had a couple of buddies that were talented and we would put stuff together and we would place, like, we started like collecting like plaques and a bunch of stuff, like just from really? like making like, yeah, different broadcast segments and like short films and stuff like that. Oh shit. Yeah. So I was editing like crazy, making music videos, making sketches all because I grew up like on sketch shows and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is what I want to be doing. God, I wish I had that kind of outlet when i was younger we just didn't you we didn't have the ability to make anything i mean yeah. you, had to, you had to rent a legit film camera of course like and there or, was and no, then and then splice the film yourself there was no editing like, yeah. fucking vcr tapes like no. yeah i i was lucky when i came up where like final cut pro was just starting to be like a God. thing and i like learned early on and that has been as far as like for me being out in la final cut and photoshop have been two of the most useful things like anybody who like moves out to la like i tell them like learn those two programs because you're gonna oh, need those no dude you know who just hit me up with the other day was tony just got into iMovie yeah editing iMovie and he yeah, was yeah. like dude thank you for telling me that i can learn that yeah because it's super easy to fucking learn yeah it's just you just got to learn you just got to do it you just yeah. got to do you it you gotta sit down and do it yeah yeah and it's and it's i think it's fun as fuck yeah so then did you go like all right out of high school i'm moving to chicago i think that's every midwestern kid my i i thought i was like chicago new york or la what am i gonna do really yeah the and and i ended up settling on la just because i i do i want to do a lot of things and i i, I kind of like having my hands on a lot of different projects and stuff so yeah. i thought la would be the best fit for me and so you went to college but you didn't go i went to community college and you'd love this uh i went to night school so i was the youngest person there by far 
And so I'm working during the day because I'm saving up money. I'm just trying to get out of Kansas. Like I'm, I'm 18 years old. I just graduated high school. I'm working full time at a car wash. I landed uh, a gig doing morning radio in Kansas City. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, 96.5 The Buzz. The Buzz. The Buzz. It was a, an alt rock radio station that still exists. Um, I actually went back. It was kind of cool when I went. Johnny Dare's out of Kansas. Uh, he worked at 98.9. I uh, <laughs> I worked concerts and stuff uh, with him. <clears throat> Johnny Dare's fucking awesome. Yeah. I, to this day. Like, He's I, super nice. There's only, there's, I mean, not saying there's only a handful. I'll do any radio they throw at me. I love doing radio. Um, but uh, but there's a handful that I reach out to that I'm like, hey, I'm coming in town. Yeah. Like, can we do something? And Johnny Dare is one of them. He's yeah, fucking great. He's super fun. Yeah, so I'd see him around the halls all the time at, at Intercom. And uh, yeah, it was cool. When I went uh, back to uh, I went back to Kansas City to uh, headline my first weekend uh, a couple months ago, I, I did press on the buzz. And it was like this cool kind of full circle moment. Really? Because I hadn't been there in 10 years. And did they, did they remember you? Uh, it was completely different DJs. The yeah, lady, everyone's been fired. So, I'm sure. Well, this is what's crazy. The lady who, uh, so I worked for one guy and then, uh, this other lady came in and she goes, because you worked for that other guy, you will never work for me at this station. She said that on her first day that I met her. And it was at the time it was brutal, but it was the best thing I could have heard because my brain was like, you're, you're at the end of the ladder in Kansas. You're, you're done. Like, not you know, cuz a lot of times people wonder like should i build try to build a presence in like this oh, region wow, and then move out but she goes you'll never work for me here and i go uh, okay and i i literally i saved money and i worked in prizes drove the prize van around and did like satellite like remote location stuff yeah. and then moved out to uh, LA later uh, that summer and when you came back did you was she still there she had just gotten fired shut up she had just gotten fired and the new girl who took over said yeah she used to and so it was this weird full circle moment for me where i was like this is bizarre you know what they should do when they fire people is they should bring in all their enemies to be at that firings <laughs> like that that's how firing should work that'd be great Could, to really take you to your lowest level because getting fired sucks as, as they walk by there's confetti cannons going yeah off and <laughs> no, no you, as you walk into your firing you're like Hey, what are you doing in the hallway? Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's yeah. good seeing you. Oh, it's going to be but a good I haven't day seen today. you since eighth grade when I deep pantsed you in front of the whole school. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then you get in and you're like, uh, dad? <laughs> that's, uh, that's fucking crazy. So wait, so how long were you in Kansas City before you moved to LA? Uh, Meaning like out of out of. So out of I, I moved uh, out to LA when I was 20 years old. So I'm coming Dude, up. Fuck. How did you yeah. not get ass raped in an alley? you 20 years old in la yeah what did you drive out here yeah my brother uh drove out here with me my dad helped pack my car to capacity so do, wait do you tell your family like i want to be i'm going to moving to la to pursue my dreams yeah yeah and my and they were super supportive of it because i they they had seen everything that had gone on with the family for years like the kind of ups and downs yeah. and i was always eyes on the prize i was like i'm, I'm i want to do this and yeah. they're like okay well you know when the time comes like we'll we'll see and then every year i was like no i'm doing this and they're like oh, okay i guess yeah like we support you yeah like you're you you know i kept grades i i graduated with an associate's degree that i never use <laughs> and, and uh i did like i worked multiple jobs and everything i made all i checked you all, did the boxes. all the boxes you did all the things you're supposed to do before you come out yeah and then so your brother drives out with you. Do your parents give you money? Do they say, let's help you get on your feet? Or 
I can't imagine that that was something, even an option. Uh, I think that, so I remember <clears throat> my brother, when I dropped him off at the airport, he gave me uh, like a few hundred dollars. And that yeah. was like a, a lot of money for yeah. my family, you know? Like that was like a really big deal. Like my my family, like I think everybody like pulled in and like I think I had been saving, I came out here with like $4,000. 2,000 of my savings, 2,000 of my checking. And I'm like, I got to get a job, but like this will be a little cushion to start me with. And then God. family gave me, I think collectively, probably they pulled together like 500 bucks or something like that. And they're like, holy shit. Yeah. Sweet. What did you do with the money? I'm, I'm, I, I, I moved out here with, uh, with a great deal of money. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first, I, I lived in a hotel for seven months. <laughs> that's so cool and then uh we had will smith footed the bill uh, he gave me a car and uh and then and then when i when i moved out here i had a tv show and i had a deal and i'd had a deal the year before so i had like four hundred thousand dollars in the bank oh i my think and goodness no less than that probably less than that like probably two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank and then and i had a job i was getting made i was paying getting paid five thousand dollars a week and so and i thought i thought i was a millionaire i did the math wrong i mean i was in the car with my buddy eddie and he was like and i got they said hey you got the job you know it's it's five thousand dollars a week and i was like and i went five thousand dollars a week five thousand jobs oh my god i looked at eddie and go, i'm a millionaire and he was like oh my god you are if your math checks out you're a millionaire and i was i never redid the math i just thought i was a millionaire just right away yeah, that's a good feeling though so like i have no my struggle is different you know, my struggle started in New York, yeah. but moving like that's where I moved. And, um, but still I had my, my dad helped me before I got a job at Barnes and Noble. And then, mm -hmm. and I look at, I look at struggle in New York is different than struggle in LA struggle in New York. Everyone's struggling in New York. No one's yeah. got a nice apartment. Everyone's apartment sucked. Everyone was on the fucking subway. There was no, like everyone was at the same playing level, you know? Sure. And then when I got out of, when I got to working at the door of the Boston comedy club, you could make, you could make, I forget what you got paid on the weekends, but I, I felt like you could make like 600 bucks on the weekends, 700 bucks on the weekends doing spots. It's great. And then you could do spots throughout the week and they'd pay for your food and your booze. And so, and so with that coupled by Barnes and Noble, and then I got fired from Barnes and Noble and it was just spots, but I only did that for six months before I got discovered by Will Smith. So I was really, 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 really like, I, that's why I'm always fascinated by like guys like you or Ari or like. Or like, uh, or like Andrew Santino, guys who just set, decided, I want to do this, and I'm going to struggle, but I'm going to struggle with no belief that this will happen. Like I had a belief, I was like, oh, I was in Rolling Stone magazine. Will Smith discovered me. Oliver Stone option the rights to my life. This is my path. Yeah, this is my journey. I've got a future in this. But like, four thousand dollars, you get an apartment, you get a roommate. Like what? Craigslist apartment, and I, I, I went out. And uh, I went on a road trip with one buddy out the month before. And I was like, if I'm supposed to move right now, I'll find an apartment on this trip. There was one apartment that like was in my price range. It was it was 600 a month in LA Ooh. with a split like a few ways. So uh, I'd pay 600 and that was utilities included at this place. Whoa. Yeah. So I, I ended up living there the first five what years that I was in LA. It was on Santa Monica and Cahuenga. It's like uh, right by Vine. Uh, 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 give me a second. Yeah. yeah, I know where it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, Over by that car wash? Yep. Yeah. I used to go to that car wash all the time. <laughs> yeah. So 
the person there the landlord said there's a person ahead of you if their credit craps out then it's you and i get the call two days later their credit didn't go through if you want it's yours and i moved out a, uh, a month later and the buddy who i road tripped with he didn't move out he wanted to move out there but he's like oh already and i'm like yeah i'm doing this like god damn that's a, that's a blessing yeah that's a that's a blessing that not everyone has a lot of people do not and you'll see this a lot in la there's a lot of people that i've known on the road that lived in different towns that now just now are moving to la yeah and you're like bro you should have been here 20 you need to pull the trigger when you know there's a gun in the room yeah. like you can't pussyfoot in this business i get you know being a being a fan of your local scene but the scenes are la and new york mm -hmm. i mean those are the two scenes that are maybe not as much anymore that's a little ignorant but when i started those were, it was there was no yeah there's only two scenes yeah so then so you, did you did you know the people you just moved into an apartment and didn't know anybody uh, I moved in with uh, this uh, uh, this Indian guy uh, named Swapnal. He's like super nice guy. I was from Kansas, never had Indian food before. He's like, let's let's go. Like like he took me out. I thought to you were different... gonna say an Indian friend. Oh, <laughs> I was <laughs> never Florida. had an Indian friend. I never before. knew an Indian. But I knew one Indian person, Samir Nagamia. Yeah, and this other guy that was on Thirty Rock. I don't um, I don't know his name, but he, I guess I knew him. I didn't remember. I don't remember him, but I knew him. Yeah, and um, they both were from Tampa, but I didn't know anything about Indian people. First Indian guy I ever met, like met met as a grown up, was David J. Nash, was a comedian, and I went. This is gonna sound really. By the way, this podcast is just showing my privilege. That's all it is. Is like my privilege and my how little I learned about the world, dude. I went to David J. Nash's apartment, and he lived with an Indian guy. And I said to him, "Why do you live with an Indian guy?" And he goes, "What?" And I said, "Couldn't you find like like a regular person to live with?" And he went what the fuck are you saying and i was like i don't know like how do you even know an indian person and he was like i went to college with him i went you knew him in college and he was like what the fuck i was like i went to florida state we didn't have an indian person at all yeah, yeah. and and little, little and like i was so oblivious to the fact that you would know an indian or like or your best friend would be like chinese like that blew me away See what was for, for what was kind of strange about my childhood like there wasn't it was so white in Kansas but I was always drawn to other races of people like my best yeah. friends were uh we call like, you a traitor no, I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> like my best friends were like uh I had a black friend I had a half middle eastern half italian friend and then I had a cuban friend those were like my guys <laughs> Jesus yeah those were that was my crew. Guy, there's a joke there. <laughs> David Tell's joke is uh is uh we were called the unfuckables. What, what what's your joke? Who did you guys work? Uh what's the joke I'm in my head is like, what did you guys run the internet for a for an international diamond smuggling ring? Like you guys are the four right, by right. the computers. Quick, Nishmar, what's what's the code for the I don't know. Ask Danny. Hey, what I gotta do about a me? Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I grew up very sheltered, despite the fact that I went to Florida State, which was a huge college. There was not a lot of diversity there. I mean, the the we had in our in Tallahassee, you had a black school and a white school. Mm. So all the black kids went to FAMU, all the white kids went to Florida State. Other than football players, we got football players, but that was it. So like, I, I really didn't know anything. I knew Cuban kids, Cuban. Like when I got to New York, I didn't even notice Puerto Ricans like at all. And I remember I had this roommate who was like said something about the Puerto Rican Day Parade, and I was like, oh, dude, we should get out of the Puerto Rican Day Parade and get rice and beans. He was like, oh, we're not allowed there. And I was like, the fuck we aren't. 
I was like, what are you talking about? We're not allowed there. I go, bro, there's no difference between Puerto Ricans and us. And he was like, there's a huge difference. I was like, dude, you're fucking racist. You're out of your mind. And then I went down there and, and I was like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> this is not this my is, thing. This is totally different than what I knew in Florida. Did you play uh, sports? In baseball. Play baseball? Yeah. yeah. Play baseball and uh, got recruited to go to a bunch of different colleges and just went to Florida State. I was went to walk on and then left first day. I was like, fuck this. I have no interest in playing baseball. I'm going to party. But um, so you got... What what was the guy's name? The Indian guy's name? Swapnil. Swapnil. What a great fucking name. It's great. So so I had him as a roommate, and then I had this other roommate that uh, it's the only time like I have ever gotten in like screaming matches with roommates because he was so dirty. Really? <sighs> he would leave plates and stuff in the sink, pile them up, and I would have to do his dirty dishes, and I would flip out. I'm like, dude, we and we had a dishwasher. It yeah. wasn't. It was like rinse. Put it in there, dude. And he's just like letting them pile up. And I would just go like, like, you're disgusting. You disgust. Like, what happened to that guy? Uh, he, His I name think was he's a lawyer Seth now. Seth Rogen. I think he's a lawyer now. He's a lawyer now? He, he was to, I remember uh, <gasps> me rehearsing like a comedy song like uh, in, our, in our kitchen. And we we're like uh, talking about like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, the chorus is like, "Yo, dick is so small. You need a microscope to see it all, like something like that." Yeah. And uh, he comes down like, like all disheveled. He's like, "Guys, any other night I wouldn't care, but I'm taking the bar in the morning." We're <laughs> 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 like, "Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry." So I think he's a lawyer now. Oh, Pretty nice. sure he's a lawyer. And then what happened to uh, Sepna? Uh, Swapnil. Uh, Swapnil. I think he is back in India now. He's a filmmaker. He's a director there now. For real? Yeah. Do you keep in touch with him? I try to every once in a while. I'll, like I'll message him every couple of years or whatever. Be like, bro, are you looking for a villain? Yeah. Because you could play a great like, uh, like South African villain. Yeah, South African. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good switch on. I, I can't do accents. Yeah. Every accent <laughs> turns into a fucking Asian person. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm really am I really am what is wrong with this country? Like I am the white guy that is I made a joke about it on stage on the on the OR show. <clears throat> I don't care about anything. I'm always shocked people care about shit. Are you the kind of person who like uh when you order at an Asian restaurant, you slowly start to slip into that accent? Because no. that's what uh my wife's mom does. She she's like, Hi, could I get the orange chicken? And we're like, What are you doing? What are no, you I'm doing? not that bad. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not that bad at all. No, I uh I don't know, it's hard to quantify exactly like I'm I'm pretty honest about all my shortcomings uh culturally of like where I recognize stuff. I'm leaps and beyond leaps and, and bounds beyond the average human being. Because as a comic, you're so self-aware. Yeah. And so I'm aware of what cultural appropriation is. I'm aware of like of like microaggressions and i know these are all bullshit terms to comedians would like light up what are you talking about that but I, i'm aware of like things that can just like i always look at it like if you can avoid just getting in an argument with someone why not like i don't like arguing with people i don't like conversation yeah, no point so it's like if, instead of going like where are you from to an asian person no really where are you from like that don't just go like if you if you're really genuinely curious which there's not a lot of reasons to be curious about where the fuck, like unless you're going my to Thailand. Does, my dad does that at every restaurant. Oh, if we have like a waiter with a different ethnicity, he's like, "Oh, where are you from?" Like, yeah, dude. Well, but that like, that's that wasn't 
Like that was a way to start a conversation back in the day. Yeah. It's and I was around when that was how you started a conversation. Sure. Um, and then that became a microaggression. And so I get it. I mean, it's like, I just avoid conversations that get me there. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of isolating in this world, but like, I don't really have an, I don't really have like a reason to ask an Asian person what their, what their ethnic background is often. Yeah. You know, unless I'm like doing an interview or like maybe I'm on stage and I have a bit that might lead there. Maybe I would, but like in regular life, I wouldn't be like, Ooh, you don't sunburn. What are you? Like, I just, just kind of stay away. <laughs> well, from there's it. a lot of stuff that we say on stage that we would never say. There's a lot of, I, I, I'd actually argue the opposite. There's a lot of shit I say off stage that I'd never say on stage. Really? Dude, the abortion joke I did last night, I was, I did not, it came off so quick out of my mouth that I did not, and I got defensive, but it worked out. Like, I found a hole in it, yeah. and that's where I go, fuck. Like, because I, I got myself in a hole and then got myself out and then had a joke at the end that got a laugh, and I went great. Now I got an abortion chunk, but uh, but yeah, there's a lot I'd say off stage. The way, how did you get? How did you get into the store? Like, was that your first go to spot? I went there for. One I feel of, like you would go to Improv Olympics first. Uh, I went to Second City. First. Okay, yeah, okay. I went to Second City, uh, and I was because I was 20 at the time, and I just waited until I was 21 to start going to the store. Yeah, so. I went to one potluck at the store and I was like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm going to, I'm going to come back and build up a bunch of material and then come back because I wanted to, when I went to the store, be able to do a different minute or a different three minutes every single week on the potluck because I wanted to have different sets and then be like, oh, this guy has a lot of material. This guy's ready or whatever. Yeah. So that's what I did. I, I went to one early on at the, at the store, but then um, I was doing Second City classes and uh, shows at Iowa West uh, when that was still uh, Improv Olympic, when that was still up at, on Hollywood Boulevard and just grinding out, doing mics and stuff. And then I started doing the potluck every week in July of 2012. And I went every week and hung out. I tried to hang out there like almost every single night until I got passed in the fall of uh, 2016. And who were the group? Who was the guys that were doing the potluck with you? So uh, Tony and Benji were actually hosting the potluck at that time. And they were both door guys. They weren't passed yet. And uh, they would put me up because I was like the high energy guy that would get the room going and I would do different stuff every single week because yeah. you see comics do their same three minutes hoping the talent coordinator would like the same three minutes every week. And I never understood that. Me either. <clears throat> yeah, I've always been, uh, there's a lot I don't understand about comedy right now. I'm like fucking lost. Like I don't understand guys who are going up in the OR with like prepared material. I'm like, this like unless you have a like you're fine-tuning a bit i get it but like for the most part you should be taking chances in that room as much as you are in the stand-up on the spot sure i mean i get it in the main room it's a little bigger of a ticket price and it's a bigger of a show and you're you know but like for the most part do what joey diaz last joey diaz took big fucking swings last night like babe ruth style swings and you like that's what this is meant for. Yeah, I think I think probably some of those guys are so concerned to not be killing because those the spots are are so limited right now at the store. I think everybody's a little bit nervous, especially in those time slots. Because I go on so late in the night, I have you know the luxury to really experiment and really 
do wild and weird stuff because there's not anybody who's watching. Yeah. Like it's just like random tourists and like random audience members that late at night. Like nobody's like coming by and being like, oh, let's see how Jeremiah's 15 is coming along. Yeah. You know? So maybe like like the guys in your class right now who are in that like, you know, that 9.45 to 11 p.m. Let me tell you something. Area. If you're making over $5 million a year and you're doing prepared material in the OR, that $5 million is not lasting forever. That's my opinion. If you're making fucking legit money, yeah, you're not taking chances like Sebastian. Sebastian's taking legit chances in the OR. Like he's trying stuff out. Mm -hmm. Joey Diaz is taking legit chances. Those are guys that I go in to watch that I'm like, Fuck yeah, Morgan Murphy. Like, yeah, like that's what I'm. I mean, I guess I, I shouldn't shit on it. I'm just saying it because I like I, I feel like I don't do it enough, so I'm like saying it to convince myself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mid roll reads. Mid roll reads. What are they? These are mid roll reads. <laughs> A couple weeks ago, this company Freefly sent me some uh, shorts. I put them on. I didn't know why I was getting them. I didn't know they were a sponsor. All I knew is they were lighter than the angel's dick. They were the softest, lightest shorts I've ever worn in my entire life. And the second I put them on, I went, there's no way this is just from any company. They're made from butter soft bamboo. And I got to tell you, I was on to them. The second I hopped on the call with the company, I realized they're a wife and husband duo of Nike marketers and her Montana fishing guide brother. That's where I knew it came in from. It's got all the upgradedness of Nike with all the inside of a fishing guide brother. And they identified a big problem. Outdoor clothing was complicated, way too complicated and way too uncomfortable. And together they quit their jobs and made it their mission to create the most comfortable shirt imaginable. I have not worn this shirt, but goddamn, their pants are next fucking level they're my go-to workout pants they're my go-to walk around the house on a sunday pants they're my go-to get in the pool pants i promise you if you try these pants you will love these pants free flies bamboo clothing has a natural upf sun protection wicks away most of the moisture free flies bamboo clothing has a natural upf sun protection wicks away moisture and won't hold odor clothes that fit well and come natural in a natural color palette and a subtle brown branding from fishing to hitting the gym to lounging around the house these pants are fucking awesome free fly are my favorite plant pants i own father's day is right around the corner go around the corner gear up for adventures with dad you can get 20 percent off when you visit freeflyapparel.com use the promo code BERTCAST. that is freeflyapparel.com Use the promo BERTCAST. Trust me, you're going to love these fucking pants. Comedy Central has a new podcast called Your Two Dads with Sean and Julian. Hosts Julian McCullough and Sean O'Connor are comedians and longtime best friends who separately became dads. In the podcast, they're going to talk to other dads, moms, friends, and more, all while reviewing kids' food, children's TV, movies, and role-playing parenting scenarios from the news. They will also take your parenting questions and answer them so honestly, you will regret you asked them. These guys are not experts, but they're funny and their kids are still alive. So it's got to count for something, right? If you're, if you're a dad and you want to be a dad, or maybe you're not sure you want to be a dad, this show is for you. 
subscribe, listen, and become a better person. None of those things are actually related. Subscribe to Your Two Dads with Sean and Julian for Comedy Central's idea of a parenting podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube motherfuckers better have me on your podcast. Was Mitzi around when you, was Mitzi around the store when you were there? Uh, no. the The talent coordinator was Tommy. He was the main guy when uh, when I was, did he like you? was coming up there. He did actually. I bet he did. Yeah, he did actually. His blonde hair. He was like, I like your hair, He's, buddy. He said some blonde. wild things about white people to me that I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know if i agree with that uh but uh yeah so i was coming up under like hit like he like made me like friends and family after i like climbed the ranks quick and then i was in a gray area for a long time like i was doing the potluck uh in 2012 like in the summer and then i got passed to the friends and family uh What's that, that december it's like the the middle area where you can call on your avails you uh for five like one five minute spot development spot every week you still can't park there your name's not on the wall you're a non-paid regular so you get a call in regularly for the non-paid regular spots so i was in that from 2013 to 2000 late 2016 i was just in that gray area where I had to showcase for Adam uh, three times before I got passed. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was your your mindset was any opportunity is an opportunity. Do it. Because you seem like a full-blown utility player on anything that was going on at the store. Yeah. I'm, I'm super grateful and fortunate to be a part of kind of multiple ensemble based shows yeah and that's where i <clears throat> uh i like to be i i love like working off of other people and everything and i that's what i tried to do is is make myself undeniable like or irreplaceable roles in these different shows where wow. that's that is uh, that is that is something that's been said to me over and over make yourself undeniable yeah make yourself irreplaceable because being replaceable is the scariest position to be in. Of course. That's my whole fucking little, like all of my thirties. I just felt replaceable. I just felt like I could be replaced by anybody that I was, I was not undeniable and everyone was going to find me out sooner or later. Mm -hmm. And then 42, I took career. I took charge of my own career. Yeah. What was like the, the, the switch that like, fired like travel channel. Really? It was fucking worst period of my life. Oh, that's life. when that's when you had to to go back like to do the mics and stuff like that. No, I when I got fired from Travel Channel, I I gotten past the store, which was like a big goal of mine because yeah. I wasn't really doing spots in the city because I didn't really give a fuck because I was like I had TV money, so I had like I had like a guarantee. I don't remember what my guarantee was, but it was like I was bringing in a lot of money, like like not a million dollars, but like not far from it a year and so i was like i got money i got every i can do everything i want mm -hmm. i got money and i got money to chill with like if this goes in my head i was like if this goes away i'm good i'm taken care of for like a couple of years i gotta i can get until i get to my next job and then um and then i did my showtime special <clears throat> i had my showtime special coming out renegotiate my contract with travel channel do this funny or die tour Everything's looking up. Uh, before the Showtime special comes out, Travel Channel fires me. Showtime special comes out, no one watches it, and uh, the Funnier Die tour gets canceled. And what I was what like, Showtime special was it? The Machine. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Why? 
I was just curious. Yeah. No one watched it at all. I I watched it at uh, my wife's mom's house in Northern California. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, it uh, it came out on Showtime, and it just was. They were very accurate in that in that uh, if you give everyone, you know, if you give everyone a TV clicker, they're they're in fact they they turn into like a Roman emperor, mm-hmm. and it's there's there which is very different than I believe finding something, like finding something online, you find it and you're responsible for that discovery. So there's a part of you that has some sort of ownership over that discovery. You want to share it with other people? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like I mean, uh, Hot Ones is a perfect example. I found Hot Ones. And I finding it, I found it was cool. And I wanted to share it with as many people as possible. And I wasn't going to turn it off because I found it. And if I didn't like what it was, I was okay. I, that was on me because yeah. I found this. TV is different. TV, they force it on you. Oh, here's your next star. And you're sitting in your living room going, you know what? Fuck that guy. And you change the channel. And Showtime, very rightfully so, was like, I think with your shirt off that people are going to say, this is not for me. And uh, change the channel. And I was like, yeah, but I haven't done stand-up with a shirt on in like eight years, nine years. I'm not going to start on my special. I think they were accurate. I think a lot of people uh, at the time... Showtime was swinging uh, urban. I think a lot of urban audiences were like, I'm not going to watch a white boy with his shirt off. Right. And just turned it off. Not to say that I, you know, that they were right or wrong, but, you know, then the upside of that is the machine story goes viral online and my shirt's off. So now everyone knows I'm the guy with the shirt off. So it's a good brand. It's a good marketing tool, which wasn't never my intention in the first place. It was just how I was doing stand up. And then it becomes guy with his shirt off. So then my next special comes out. People go, guy with his shirt off. Oh, that's the guy I found online. Then when my when my machine story went viral, people found it. So I became their I became their guy. They're like, oh, that's my guy. I love it. I love this story. I found that. My friend sent me that. Like it wasn't shoved down my throat. And so, and so, and then when my Netflix special came out, people were like, oh, I know this guy. I love this. I love I saw this guy on Christmas with my dad. Like, oh, I know this guy. So it's it's really crazy. Television is hard, but you know, I think that's why I stay away from it now. Although I'm I'm getting back into it, obviously, um, in this couple in the next couple months, secret time. Um, but uh, it, it it those whole those years on Travel Channel, people would see me and they'd be like, "Fuck this guy," and just change channel. And man, when I took over my own career, Bill Burr and Rogan. I mean, I've I've, I've credited. Joe and Bill about this ad nauseum, and I think both of them barely remember it really. But both of them, I had said something about something I did uh, to fill in my hair when I did television, and they were like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean," and they were like, "Dude, I remember Bill's like, dude, your show sucks. Like, I love you, but like, you're not a TV host. You're not like a celebrity, Bert. You're a comic. Like, don't ever talk like a celeb. You're not a celebrity, man." I remember Joe going. Dude, I'm not famous. And if I'm not famous, you're not famous. And I was like, no, guys, it's not about fame. You're like, no, they're like, no, that's how you're talking. They're like, you need to get the fuck out of television, focus on your podcast and stand up. And I was like, and I heard them say that. And then I got fired from Travel Channel. And I was like, oh, time to yeah, focus on my stand up. And I focused on my stand up. And uh, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But, but taking ownership of your own career. Yeah, I've really... Uh... 
any project that I decide to be a part of, I really throw myself in a thousand percent. So I've been doing it for years now. I've been a part of Roast Battle, Kill Tony, the goddamn Comedy Jam. Yeah. My show, Stand Up on the Spot, this August, it'll be nine years of me running it around LA. And uh, even this uh, most recent show, Historical Roast, I've been doing that the last few years around LA. And then we we uh, just did that on Netflix, a season with Jeff Ross. That looks great. I saw I saw the trailer for it's it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's on <clears throat> So wait, what do you, what, what, what how, how, how can you get back to your initial production like what what's what's your television project you want to do uh i definitely want to do a sketch show yeah yeah i definitely want to do a sketch show uh i've been building up um a ton of different characters over the years on kill tony where i i have like an arsenal of original characters that i really like and i want to kind of do longer form stuff with and uh um I want to do some sketch or, or some kind of variety show. And, or I'd also like, I've got um, uh, a new album that's out with my buddy, Pat Reagan. I'd love to do a, a Tenacious D or Flight of the Concords kind of show where it's like yeah. a sketch, like music videos, different stuff like that. Like, um, so, but all the stuff that I want to do is still ensemble based. And I want to like work with friends in different capacities, stuff like that. Cause that's where that's the most fun being on the road with friends and working with friends is the best. Can I tell you what I want to shoot with you at, at the end of this? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm 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 obsessed with Instagram. I love Instagram. I, and one of the um, one of the types of videos I see a lot. I don't know if you see this a lot, or if I only see this. So I was going to run it by you. Um, there's a style of video where um, apparently they're roommates, and if they say to do something, they're forced to do it. Have you seen these? They're no, like no. they're like uh uh. Woody, jump in the trash can. And then they're like, oh, mate, I guess I got to jump in the trash can. And then they jump in the trash can. They're like, Woody, uh, ground's hot lava. And they're like, oh, mate, oh, mate. And then they get up and they're like, oh, ground's hot lava, ground's hot lava. Have you seen these? No. Dude, hold on. You got, I mean, like, I'm obsessed with these. I watched one. It was called, like, flip flip it or face it. Uh, Land it or face it. And the guy just goes into the guy's, the guy's in his car. And they have a bottle of, of of vegetable oil. And the guy's like, Woody, flip it or face it. And he goes, oh, mate, okay. And he takes the bottle and flips it, and it doesn't land. So then he pours it all over himself in his car. In the car? Yeah, and I'm like, hold on. Who signs up for this? Dude, I hold on. Please say that my Instagram's up to this. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Look at this. Hey, Johnny. Make it or face it. Oh. <laughs> What? Dude, he just pours oil all over himself. Yo, Kristen. Kristen. Make it or face it. Ready? Hey, he won. He doesn't have to pour ketchup all over his face. Hey, Johnny. Make it or face it. Oh wow! But it's like it's like apparently they look 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 look. This is a perfect example. Watch. No, Jackson, make a bad decision. I am a bad decision. You juicy cock! Holy shit! What? 
We've got a crowd going on. I'm a modern-day Pablo Picasso. <laughs> Hashtag or vain? Nah, vain geezer. Now it's off to finally go and get a girlfriend. <laughs> hey, Luke, yeah. make a bad decision. What do you mean? <laughs> there was the first bad decision. Now. <laughs> so like, oh, like, like make the bad decision or face it. So like, it. I don't understand how this works. Like, uh, like apparently they're roommates who have entered into a thing where they're like, it's like a Kenny versus Spenny kind of thing. Yeah, but it's 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 a whole genre of like of like people that have are just trying to get famous. So they're like doing just the most outrageous things to so try like, to catch oh, people's Johnny, eyes. Johnny, make a bad decision. Guys, you should say the N-word on there and just go, there you go. That's one. It's real easy. Make a bad decision. Oh, I don't believe that Asians are, you know, whatever. Like, like it's just, it's a weird thing that is going on, on online that I'm, uh, that I've, and it's just like, it's like Woody, Woody. I keep doing Woody. Woody and Kleine are my favorite. Like, I, I love them. Woody, uh, ground's hot lava. And he's like, oh, and they're in the movie theater and he's got to make an ass out of himself. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm obsessed with it. And so I wanted to do one where you're in an accent and you come up to me and you're like, but, but, but pull the water on your face. And I'm like, oh, I pour it on my face. You got me this time. And then do another one where I'm like, but, but, but pull the water on the face. And I'm like, oh, like it's just the dumbest. Make it a face it. Make it a face it. Make it a face it. Well, then we then I guarantee you they think we're stealing from them and not satirizing them. Yeah, they'd be like, "We came up with that man." Yeah, yeah, mate. Uh, we didn't make it to face it. On one of uh, on one of the flights that uh, where I was flying with Tony on tour, uh, I I while he was looking the other way, I put on a wig and I I I was at, I played that character the rest of the flight, and he was like, "You're gonna get us kicked off this flight, dude." <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite. Uh, like behind the scenes stories, I asked Norton about his character Chip mm-hmm. and and Uncle Lyle or whatever all the characters he had. He said they were born in. He would do. He was dating this girl. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, cut the audio right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, go back to the audio. That's who it was. And he would um, say, like the waitress would come up and go, "What can I get you order?" And he'd do the Chip character. And then the waitress would leave and she would look at him and go, hey, man, she doesn't know you're not that guy. Now it looks like I'm dating that guy. Like, I looks like I'm dating a fucking lunatic. And so Norton would hold that character anytime the waitress would come around. He'd be that character and would not give in. And I find that so fucking funny. A commitment like that is the funniest thing in the fucking world. I, I do the same with my wife at grocery stores and stuff where I'll put on an accent. And she would tell the cashier, he doesn't really talk like this. And then after we'd leave, I'm like, why did you sell me out like that? Dude, I used to <laughs> fuck with my wife so hard. I used to walk. These are the two ones I tried to turn into bits and never worked. One time Georgia was like 13 months old and just fucking having it, like losing her shit in the stroller. And I realized, like I was embarrassed. Leanne was pushing the stroller, but I was embarrassed that people were looking at us. Like I was, it was embarrassing, like that our kid was that like losing it that bad. And then I realized it doesn't need to be my kid. Like I don't need to be married to this woman. And so one time George was losing and I just look at her and I said to Leanne, I go, shut your kid up. And someone looked at me like, what a fucking savage. And Leanne could not stop laughing. She's like asshole. And I did it to her the whole 
time in the and, and Ralph. So great. Dude, I had so many jokes at that Ralph's. One time I would walk behind Leanne, who's pushing Georgia, and I would just be with Leanne and I would rip my shirt off as people came down the aisle. I'd just rip my shirt off and be shirtless and they'd look at me and then I'd throw my shirt back on. I'd go, that guy was giving you the dirty eyeball, Leanne. Dude, I used to fuck. I wrote one of my jokes, uh, Carrot and Cucumber. I wrote that joke in Ralph's. It's a true story. Uh, Leanne was in the groceries in the produce section and I said, honey, this time get a thin cucumber. And she was, and some lady's like, that's inappropriate. And I was like, I'm putting it in her ass, not in mine. Dude, I was, I was, that was when I was young. I was probably your age. Yeah. Fucking young and married and having fun. I don't remember any of those days, by the way. Isn't that crazy? There's gone? Mentally I have blocked? No recollection of them. Really? really? Like, yeah, I don't really remember much. When did you start having kids? What age? 46. 31. Oh, wow. 31, I had my first kid. It was a great time to do it. Having them young is, is great. My wife wants them, yeah. Yeah, have yeah. them. Dude, it doesn't, it doesn't affect your... I mean, if anything, it gives you motivation to work harder. If anything, it, it really... Like, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I had Georgia. The day Georgia Chrysler was born, the, the week Georgia Chrysler was born, I started working the hardest I've ever worked in my life, and I haven't stopped in 14 years, 15 years. I haven't stopped in 15 years. I've been working the road the hardest that I know how. I've been on the road anytime anyone gave me an opportunity, I went on the road. Anytime I got an opportunity to do anything, I never said no to a project. The week she was born, dude, fucking a month before that, I was unemployed, running out of money, and didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. I was like, uh, uh. The fucking second she was born, I was like, I know what I'm doing. And I've worked my ass off for 15 years with nonstop, non-fucking stop. It's better than like, I mean, not, not shitting on like Segura and Burr and all those guys, but like, you know, I, I would love to have money as a kid, like with my kid. It would have been nice to have money and be a parent. But uh, but I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with the way we did it. Being broke and and struggling as a family it's, it's great it was awesome dude it was the greatest it's the fucking dude definitely do how old's your wife 31 yeah yeah yeah, yeah what are you fucking waiting for just fucking do it pull the trigger all you got to do is come inside them that's I know, it it's that simple yeah front hole all you need is a little bit of cum yeah a little bit of cum a little bit of cum have a baby on the way right away do you want to have kids uh i mean not right now why i what do you think it would do what do i think it would do I just, uh, I'm, I'm not ready to come home after a weekend and not have just my wife to myself. I'm just not ready for that. Like when, like that's like that's what I want to do when, when I. That's, that's very smart. I didn't I mean, do that. I don't know a life with Leanne. Other than, I mean, I don't really think I can't really tell you about a life with Leanne where we weren't talking about children. Because, like, well, we've been talking about it the whole. Season. No, no, no. I meant like our oh, life like about, exists about oh, around centered around the kids. Yeah, like le, like a phone call. Like, let me tell you a funny Isla story. Because our like our Sundays. This usually when I we get it, you know, back off the road is Sundays, and like one of my favorite days of the week. We just like chill out. Like I've already done so many spots. Like I usually don't book. Like I try to I try to do six nights a week of stand up and take one night off, and it's usually Sundays. 
and just we just chill out, like get good food, like catch up on Netflix or whatever. Or if we want to go on a hike or exercise, do whatever. It's just like it's a free day. We get to do the free day to play. And I'm just like, oh, I don't really want to let that go. No, but you just you just gotta you gotta work smarter, not harder. Yeah. So you'll do the road and then you'll do two spots during the week. You don't need to do six spots a week. Do two spots, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, and you spend an extra <laughs> Already week. you're losing me. I'm like, eh. <laughs> Dude, I, I, it's, it's hard to get me to the club because I, I want to spend time with the girls. I want to cook dinner with them. I want to. It's so fun. It's so fun to have everyone goes in the front yard. and Dude, one of the best nights of my life. Beautiful sunset, right? Um, The kind of sunset that keeps sailors up at night. That's how beautiful it is. And so, wait, is that it? No. Uh, sunset at night, sailors delight, right? Sunset at night. It's the kind of sailor sunset that lets sailors sleep sleep solid. Joey Diaz calls me up. He's like, what are you doing? I said, we're in the front yard. We got picnic blankets out, and we're looking up at the sunrise, and he goes, or the sunset, and he's like, dog, I'll be there in five. He comes over with Mercy and his wife. That We all lay in the front. Joey and I sit on the Adirondack chairs. I smoke a cigar. Joey lights a joint, and we sit and watch the sun fucking set. And he's just, and I remember going, this is the night you don't fucking go to the store. This is the night you stay home with the family. And I was like, dude, it is, having a family is so fucking fun. It is so fun. But I'll tell you, man, I wish I had a little bit of what like Bill and his wife had or Tom and his wife because they were a couple. They were a team for a long time before they had kids. Yeah. Leanne and I dated for like, I think two years before we had kids. Mm -hmm. And we were a team, but like. We we definitely know each other more as like two people who raise children together, and that'll be hard. When the girls go off to college, that'll be tough. You have to kind of yeah find your own, a different kind of footing, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, what's what, what like? Where do you like pretend? Let's do this. This would be a cool interview question. Pretend it's fifteen years from today. Okay. Okay. Tell me about your life starting right now, like where you are right now, but tell me about the path you took and where you are today, but it's 15 years in the future. Does that make sense? It's a good interview. Like what I just did to you about my life, do it for your life. So like, so you, you were doing, you were on the road, you were doing Kill Tony, you're doing roast battle, historical roast battle. You were all over the map on stage spread across all platforms and then what happened and to, and say it like like you want it to happen like put it in the universe all right uh It'd be so great if you like so tony gets in a plane wreck <laughs> people have a lot of empathy for me and i just take off i mean i blow up everyone remembers tony but they put all their <laughs> oh man uh i uh okay so I'm okay. So I'm going through. So let me get this straight. I'm going through a day that is, I'm just sitting there like, and, and I'm like, what am I journaling or what, what am I doing? No, watch, 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 watch. Yeah, yeah. Do it to me. I'll do it 10 years. I'll do it 10 years from okay. the future. Okay. Okay. So ask me the question. So tell me, like, what happened? What happened in the last 15 years? To me, it's like, so like, I remember, I remember we did a podcast 10 years ago. Yeah. That's, that'll be the question. I remember we did a podcast 10 years ago. Tell me what happened in those 10 years. Do it to me and I'll tell you okay. how it works. This is okay. how you should do it. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
uh, we did a podcast together like 10 years ago. Tell me what happened in Dude, the last 10 years. Like a lot has been going on. I can't believe I mean, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, right? It just seems like we were just here. Yes, you know, it's so day. funny. I had said I'd hinted on that podcast that I was getting back into television. And that obviously was my my hit show that uh, that everyone now, I feel like I feel like my big thing was the machine. Now it's obviously that. And that show was a great jumping off point for me to make my own projects. Um, I wanted to do a movie. I've always wanted to do a movie. I didn't come out to Hollywood not to do a movie. And Lionsgate and I paired up for obviously the movie that everyone talks about, the big family comedy I made um, called The Campers. Uh, that was, uh, and and I think w once that really blew up, I, I knew I could do whatever I wanted to do, but that's when I got to really kind of center. And me and Tommy started our production company and we started making those uh, buddy comedies. Some first one we did obviously, which I got panned by critics, but I, I was something I loved was the road trip where we drove across country in Johnny Depp's Cadillac and we had to bring all the things he had to collect all the things that he wanted us to collect. That was the the first one got panned. But the second one we did where we were two Everest climbers that uh, that I mean, once again, it's like you never get lightning in a bottle once or tw once. And we got it twice with the, obviously the movie, the TV show and this. And now uh, it's nice. Uh, I've, you know, if I want to do a gig, I go into a theater. We're doing big theaters, like 5,000 seaters now. And um, and I don't have to work all the time. The girls are in college, but they're living down the street. I bought the two houses next door to us, and the girls live in those two houses. And uh, and it's great because we have a connection with the girls. All their friends come over for the weekends. And if I want to go on the road, I can go on the road. And if I don't want to go on the road, I can stay home. We're not financially strapped. But it's good. It's good. I'm I'm 56, and I'm happy. Okay, now you do it. Okay. So wait, where were you? Like, we did a podcast 10 years ago, and yeah. I had no idea you'd be where you are today. I know. So it's, tell me about it. It's it's crazy. Uh, I can't believe that uh, I uh, I finally, you know, after all those years, I, uh, you know, it didn't work out with SNL. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, you know, uh, they, I, I don't think I was their, their right flavor. Uh, but you know what? It ended up being great. Uh, it ended up being the best thing that, that could have happened because, uh, I, I ended up, you know, with my own sketch show that, you know, that people compare to Chappelle's show and in living color. Oh, I uh, remember watching the pilot and going, this is going fucking big. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually next week. I'm actually SNL actually asked me to host. You're hosting SNL I'm hosting next SNL week. SNL next week, yeah. What full circle in I that know, ten years? Right? Yeah, to come back to host. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Did did I fucking lost touch? Because I, when I was I, obviously you know I was in the jungle for five years. Um, what did you do? Did you end up making any movies? Oh man, uh, well this is what I'm so grateful for uh, about my career is is I've I've gotten to do you know like the zany comedies that that people kind of know me for like the kind of slapstick, but uh, <laughs> what I'm really excited about is uh, uh, a couple of uh, uh, the dramatic roles I've gotten to play. Really? Uh, because um, uh, I actually um, got word this morning that I was nominated for an Academy Award. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, dude, congratulations! Thank you. That is fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm a, a you know, I I could be an Oscar winning comedian. Like, I might just tell people, like, if I, if I end up winning, like, I might just tell people if they ask for my credits on stage, just say that I won an Oscar. Oh, fuck, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. How old are your kids now? 
Uh, uh, eight and six. Eight and six. So you you waited two years from then to like spend time with your wife to have a, for your first kid. So I remember we were talking about that. Like, did you want kids? And you're like, I don't know. My yeah, I know. And I didn't even do the math. But yeah, that's that's dead on. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. This is, by the way, my favorite segment ever. Well, okay, okay, hold on. Let's make a video clip that, um, let's make a video clip for the podcast that we can put on Instagram that people will go, wait, what the fuck? Like, okay, so, um, okay, you got it. You got to keep serious, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go, I'll go, um, I'm going to say, Okay, I'll do it to you, and then you do it. You do uh, you do it to me, and then I'll do it to you. Okay. So that so I'll give it. So you will we'll warm you up. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. And now you can't you can't make you can't laugh because I'm gonna laugh, but you can't try not to laugh. Okay. And then we'll edit this and try to keep it under a minute. We'll and we'll just and 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 make it like dead fucking serious. Okay. Um. Did you, uh, the question will be like. When you look at back at high school and movies like Super Bad, did you like? Do you like feel like you did high school right? Okay, that'll be the question, right? Okay. When you look back at high school and you like look at movies like Super Bad, did you feel like you did high school right? Okay, and then and then ask me, and then I'm gonna try to I'm gonna I haven't I'm not, I haven't thought this out yet, but I'm gonna try to give you a, like a one minute answer of something that would go viral. People are like, shut the fuck up. Okay, ready, go. When you look back at like movies like Superbad and like that that kind of genre of movies, do you feel like you did high school right? Or? Oh, dude, I've never felt like I, both college and high school, I feel like I did it the best. I, dude, we killed a horse in high school. Me and my friends, we were going out. We we're gonna go cow tipping, right? And so we go out in the dark. It's we're in the middle of loots. It is like fucking pitch black, and we can't see anything. And all of a sudden, we hear cows like cows just stampeding us it's like it's the almost the whole baseball team right one guy's got baseball bat because we were going to go out and hit uh baseball hit uh do mailbox baseball that night one guy jimmy cook's got a baseball bat and a horse comes out of nowhere and we beat this horse to death no okay that was a bad one so now <laughs> that got dark real quick didn't it all right <laughs> Oh fuck! Okay, okay, I just, okay. I, I just like imagine the video. Like I was like making a serious face, and I was imagine the slow zoom. I'm just like, what is happening? Wait, we just <laughs> all you got to do is do a clip that goes like this week on the Birdcast. When you look at high school, did you do we killed a horse one time? Zoom, zoom, Jeremiah Walker. Okay, yeah, now, yeah, okay. Yeah. Do yours now. I'll do yours. Okay. So, um, I don't know, man. Are those movies. When you look back at like movies, like like Super Bad, do you feel like you did high school right, or did you feel like you left some on the plate? I think I left something on the plate. Really? <sighs> yeah, there was. Um, I've never said this before. Um, uh, there was a kid who got murdered at my high school that uh, I saw the body and I never reported it. Okay, that's a perfect sound bite. That's a perfect sound bite. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, you uh, you just do ask me one, and I'll start, like about anything, yeah, about yeah. anything, and then I'll ask you the same one back. Okay. Um. Do you do you ever have a 
like because like we're you know we're both on the road so much do you like is it hard to cram family time in like you know what i started doing is i started uh just being cool with cheating on my wife and like and just saying i i should create more families like i should have more families so i have one in dayton i have one in columbus um and one in cincinnati it's all in ohio they don't know each other um uh but yeah it's nice one's asian one's black and one's puerto rican god damn it i'm not good at this i'm fucking <laughs> dropping the ball i'm just coming out like a horrible person okay so wait <clears throat> when you when you go on the road is it hard for you like you miss your wife do you feel like you need to cram in like time with your wife no i'm 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 okay with our time apart and we have some things set up where uh sexually we can kind of go our own routes like we have this rule like uh you know if a man is wearing a glove while jerking me off it's not cheating oh yeah we have that we have that actually jerking off is skin on skin my wife's cool with this skin to skin yeah good, guy, right? guy 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 girl guy girl guy a gets a little weird yeah, but yeah, like yeah. yeah guy and guy it's totally cool that's a great soundbite. That's a great fucking soundbite. This is a new game called Soundbites on the Burtcast. Soundbites on the Burtcast. <laughs> soundbites um, on the Burtcast. Soundbites on the Burtcast. This is a soundbites. Um, God damn it, man. I could. I wish I had just done this the whole time. I could do soundbites right now. What time is it? Oh, fuck. Is Leanne's po- starting a podcast? Oh. 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 Oh, oh, oh. oh. Okay, oh. This, is a good, this is a good one. Uh, I'll say a name of a comedian. And this is my favorite thing to do, okay? This is my favorite thing to do. I say a name of a comedian, and you've got to do their act without using words. All right, this is a da- this is a dangerous thing. Okay. Okay. So you just gotta go. You gotta go like like if I said like uh, David tells the easy one because you can just do his cadence. You know. So uh, okay, Brian Callen. Okay. Don't make don't use words. Just do it. No words. No words. Just I can't. Uh, no, I'm not gonna top that. That's fucking perfect. Oh, that's fucking perfect. Oh fuck. Oh my god, dude, you are fucking awesome, man. You really are awesome. You're, I, you're one of the people I, I think that like, I think comedy needs you sometimes more than you need comedy. Does that make sense? Oh, like guys like you who, and I, I say this. And I hope this. Ta- I, you, people take this, understand this as a compliment because I, this is very similar to who I am. Guys that don't think take things too seriously. Guys that realize we're just in this to make people laugh. Like that's not to say that you can't your material can't be heady or you can't talk deep about something or go somewhere where people don't expect you to go. But like people like myself and you who just are there for the giggles. Yeah. Like Todd Glass, just giggles. Dude, Have you done his podcast? It's so fun. Listen to this. This is my favorite thing about Todd Glass. Okay. I Todd love Glass. Todd. I get texts from Todd Glass. These are my texts from Todd Glass. Are you ready? (laughs) 
I wrote, uh, sorry, I turned my notifications off for my phone. I never get these texts anymore. I'm sorry. I think it'll air in two weeks. And he goes, fuck. Bert, you know what would be fun? If we could do a whole show on just to have doc- have a doctor food, have, doc- have doctor food and present it to people that can't cook and give them so many great cooking tips. Wouldn't that be great? And I didn't reply for two days. And he goes, because you didn't get right back to me, I hope the next time you're in New York, there's another 9-11. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That was for my sister. Dude, Todd Glass is the funniest. Like, is everything Dude. about him is just about a bit. About it's just the game. About, about giggling. About the joke. Yeah. About the giggle. He's the most fun person to riff with in a parking lot because it just goes and goes and goes. Dude, and it's, it's like life can be just a giggle. It yeah. can be just a giggle. It doesn't. And it can be about the bit, about setting up a bit and waiting for it to pay off and it's the fucking greatest man it and and i think you got that i think i got that by the way and i i hope i i hope i'm not saying this incorrectly joe has that way as well like when i say joe and bill and like my guys friends who are like like intense like tommy they're intense comedians and yeah they're still silly as fuck bro when we haze joe about pray for joe that was the funnest we've ever had. And Joe gets it. Like, Bill gets it. You can set up a joke with Bill, and Bill will fucking, like, just like that. But there are guys like Todd Glass that their life is about, they wake up giggling about a bit they got planned. Oh, yeah. Like, I have a bit planned for Tom where I get so excited where I just go, like, where I go, oh, this is going to be good. Tom, this is going to be a good one for Tommy. By the way, I should probably change out mic heads because, you know, Christina is going to smell this and go, ugh, who was smoking pot last night? She's like super. Change out this for like a clean one, would you? Okay. Uh, I, all right, we should probably wrap this up. So you got Jeremiah Wonders. Yeah. Uh, your podcast. But you got to do sometime. It's it's, it's a riff sesh. It's all about playing and like uh, the theme of the show is anybody can call in at any time and it's us doing the characters calling in. So it's super fun. Oh, I'd love that. It's phone filters, sound effects. It's You'll freaking love it. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. You've got Kill Tony. You guys are on tour yeah. for the next like three weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. We're doing the Midwest, uh, and then we're doing East Coast, uh, New York, uh, the Gramercy coming up. So fucking, and you guys are all doing theaters. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Kansas, Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, Des Moines, Iowa coming up. Yeah. And then uh, Rose Battle, which is every Tuesday night at the store. Yep. And then we're at Clusterfest uh, coming up. And you're doing the, you're on Netflix right now with the- Historical Roasts. <clears throat> historical Roasts. And- uh, and you got your stand up on the spot every month, once a month. It was twice a month, right? Uh, I did it twice a month for a little bit. Um, but with my schedule, it's kind of a little bit easier just to do um, once a month. But I want to give you this. This is my Dude, debut comedy album. This I, I, I watched you guys record this on Instagram. Oh, yeah. We were in, we, we Instagrammed a lot of like the studio trips up to Ventura and stuff like that. This is fucking great. Yeah. That's out. On June 7th on all this platforms. Is, Reagan and Watkins, yeah. This is out June 7th? Yeah. Oh, this will be... Oh, fuck. Yeah, this will be out next week, right? Yeah, this will be out next week. So this Perfect. is... You guys can get this at the end of the week, next week. Yeah. Or when you're listening to it right now. Yeah, there's pre-order links up and all that stuff, so... Dude, uh, thank you for doing this, man. Dude, thank you so it's, much for I, having Thank me. you for putting on... 
thank you for working as hard as you do because that stand up on the spot that's one of the best shows in the whole entire well, city I, what, what's what i love hearing about it is guys like you and joe and tom who do it who get real material out of it and then i see it end up sometimes like in specials helen or whatever keller, it's helen keller uh and frank when i saw that bit like when you did that you walked off stage and you had this look on your face like i just released a chunk and i was like dude have you ever done that before and you go no i was like yeah. well it's a it's a finished bit dude it was it's it's uh it's fun when you come up with something in that room and then and you and everyone sits in the back and watches and they're like dude that's a well, yeah, cause that's what's fun. Like all the comics, like watching as well, because they're they're trying to see like what would I have done in that, like with that suggestion or whatever. What was the joke? Uh, I, I went up after um, you, you Ruben go after Paul, Ruben Paul, I think, and he said, uh, he goes, "Man, can I can I tell you something a little racist?" And everyone was like, "Yeah." And then I went up after him, and I was like, "Bro, you couldn't have said something racist enough for us." When you hear a black guy go. Can I tell you something a little racist? You're like, oh, I want to see your impression of it. Yeah. Like, and I ended up riffing off of that. So I'm telling you, your friend Chris Niggas, that's a fucking bit. That is the fuck. That I'll is have to work on it, dude. I mean, I, dude, <clears throat> that is ready made. I am cannot. When, and you just said it just in passing last night. Yeah, we like, were just riffing together on stage after your set last night. And I was like, shut the fuck up. That is the bet. I'm ready for that one. Off the yeah, and in, in ten years, uh, it'll be one of my classic bits that I come back on and, and talk about. Dude, thank you for doing this, man. I Thanks, appreciate buddy. it. Thanks if you ever want to get drunk for the first time, let's do it together. Okay, absolutely. All right, perfect. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by The Machine.